meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 25, talking about the playbook. And you're like, what? And I was like, what? When I got this email from Stacy. Listen to this, you're gonna flip out. Hi Kelly, you have actually changed my life. I haven't yelled in two weeks. I feel more connected, more grateful for, more sensitive to my children as whole beings, W-H-O-L-E, than ever before. Your words retrain my thinking. I hear your words in my head throughout the day and look forward to any opportunity to squeeze in your voice because it is everything I've ever needed to hear. I just wanted to write because how could I not with all that you have done for me in such a short period? Thank you for awakening me in a hundred different ways and for the constant ahas, moments that you spark in me per podcast. So much love and gratitude, Stacy. Okay. I mean, come on. What? We weren't even friends on Facebook. And all of a sudden I got this in my others folder. I'm like, what, what, what? Like this is the gas to my car. I say that all the time, but literally every time I go to sit down and do a podcast, because I prepare for a podcast for about a week or two. And every time I go to sit down, my amygdala starts to fire up. Do it later. Your voice sounds funny. There's lawn people outside. You don't need to do this now. It has to be perfect. You can do it later. Let's not put ourselves out there. Let's not be vulnerable. People already know this stuff. Don't do it unless it's going to be perfect. Like, what? I'm like, I'm like wrestling with the raffia as I'm like coming to the closet. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. P.S. I'm also getting uh, borderline stalked by my daughter right now through texting. She has like one of those Walgreens disposable phones and she... She wants to be picked up early because she's in the last period and they're just watching a movie. This is this has been going on. Okay. I'm having the worst day ever. I lost my lunchbox. I had to go buy lunch. I got to go buy. I said, oh, that's a bummer. I'm so sorry. Then later on. Yeah. Can I get picked up early? I'm in language arts right now and we're watching a movie. Please. I called you to alert you because I don't think you saw these texts. And I said, no, sorry. She says, why? I'm in language arts and we're going to watch a movie. Please. Hello. Hello. If you don't respond within 14 seconds, she's like, hello, hello, hello. And then she starts like spamming you. I say, no, sorry. I'm in the middle of something and it won't be done until four. Oh, what is it? I really thought you would say yes, she says. Podcast. Sorry, honey. With a honey bear with like the honey emoji. What? 17 question marks and exclamation points. Really? I said, yes. Y-U-Z. Because that's what she always says. Yes. I'll be like, Lily, go brush your teeth. Yes. So we always take that. What are you doing till four with your podcast? I said, I'm recording and editing and show notes. She says, you can do that when I get home, though, and you really would have more time. And I'm starving, 17 N's, 17 G's, and starving. And then she writes starving again with 14 G's. I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I love you so much. Why, though? Mom, please. Crying eyes emoji. I'm so hungry, and we're doing nothing in language arts. Hello? Promise yes, yes, you won't pick me up? What's going on? Ugh. I said, sorry, 
I can't. Promise is yes. And promise is yes. Allison and I made when we were in middle school. It's like the ultimate promise. It's like you can never lie and promise is yes. So I just wrote PYY. I'll see you in less than an hour. P.S. By the way, um, it's like 45 minutes before I'm about to pick her up. I'll see you in less than an hour. She says, really, mom? Why, though? I say A&A. A&A, my friends, is what you need. I don't usually say it anymore because she's 11 now and doesn't usually press like this. But when they're little and they keep asking and they keep asking, you just say A&A. And you know what A&A stands for? Asked and answered. First, I say asked and answered, like if you're at the grocery store. Then they ask again. Then I say A&A. And after that, I just do the sign language of the letter A. She says, I don't get why. We're just watching a movie. I said, because I can't leave right now. RN for right now. And she says, I'm bored. But you can. You can do the work when I get home. I really don't see why you can't. And I'm starving, like starving, starving. I write back A and A. Sorry, you're bored and hungry. She says, no, I get that you said no, but I just don't know why. I get that you can't leave. I just don't know why you can't leave. I said, I'll explain when I see you. Oh my gosh. She says, tell me now, please, and I'll leave you alone. I said, I already did. Read above. And with an arrow pointing up, she does crying face emojis. I said, please stop pressing or you'll have a consequence. I love you so much. You said you're doing show notes, but why can't you stop that? Record. I say recording now. She said you could have picked me up when you're doing the notes. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to turn right back. L-I-G. That's David's favorite an acronym for let it go. Oh, and that's coming out. Have you guys seen it yet? So anyway, I'm in the middle of all this with you people. Don't think like I'm sitting up on the roof and just, you know, singing Kumbaya. Like it's every single day. And the cool thing is that every single day now, instead of before when I, I was like, oh, they're triggering me. They're pushing my buttons. Now I'm like, push my buttons, baby. Trigger me. Because the more you get triggered and the less you give into the triggers, the less power they have over yourself. Because when Shafali said that no one in your life can ever push your buttons, I literally almost fell out of my chair. It was at Evolve, which is in California usually. It is the most amazing parenting, life, everything conference. Even if you're not a parent, it's so amazing. And when she said that, it was like a lo- not only the lightning bolt hit my chair, but then I fell out of the chair because of the lightning bolt. No one in your life can push your buttons. You put the buttons there and the wiring all has to do with your own baggage, Samsonite luggage. All of it. So when you become triggerless, you become so much more empowered in your life because you realize that no one else can hurt your feelings. It's your thoughts about what's happening that hurts your feelings. I was causing my own suffering for so long and I didn't even know it. I was trying to control all the things outside of me. And like Kyle C says, no one broke your heart and no one hurt your feelings. They broke your expectations. I was like, what? Two snaps up in a Z formation, Kyle C. Say what? And Kyle C. and Shafali were together this last Evolve. OMG. Talk about magic in the making. I wasn't able to make it because I had a work event. And the FOMO that I had, I was like literally drooling at the pictures. And so today we're talking about something called the playbook. And you've probably heard me mention it before. Brooke Castillo talks, it, talks about it as being her manual, the manual that she has for people. Before I met Brooke and when I met Shafali, I realized that I had such a playbook for everybody in my life, mostly the people in my four walls. So I had like a manual or a playbook or an agenda, 
and I had it all mapped out on how they should behave, how they should speak, how they should think, how they should treat me. And when it didn't match up to my playbook, that's when we had some problems. But I didn't realize that I was causing my own suffering. And clients that I work with are causing their own suffering because they don't realize that their thinking causes their feelings, not the circumstance, not the husband, not the child, not the ex-sister-in-law, not the ex-husband, not your mother-in-law, not your sister-in-law that you see twice a year, not that person at work. They are all neutral. And so what we do is we have a manual, which is usually an unspoken way of how they should treat us, talk to us, speak to us, act, whether it's calling us on our birthday, leaving us notes, emailing us back, texting us. It's always an agenda of how they should behave. And I'm just here to tell you that their humanness, the humans get it all wrong all of the time. And so we put all our emotional responsibility into this playbook and we secretly pass out this playbook. Sometimes we let them know about the playbook and sometimes we don't. And then when they don't follow the rules and follow the handbook and follow the manual and follow the agenda, that's when suffering starts. And so we give other people our happiness bucket and we say, okay, act this way, behave this way, talk this way, live this way so I can be happy. And the humans always get it wrong. If I knew that you could write a playbook for your husband and for your kids and they would follow it to a T, like you requested, I would be a gabillionaire. But my friends, that is not their job in life to fill up your love cup, to fill up your bucket, to tell you and make you feel a certain way because no one else can make you feel a certain way. It's your thoughts about what's going on that makes you feel a certain way. So you're giving all the emotional responsibility to like a two-year-old or a five-year-old or a 45-year-old if it's your spouse. And they always mess it up. Just like I always mess it up when people give me handbooks and they give me playbooks and they give me manuals and they give me agendas for follow. Sometimes I know what's in the agenda and in the manual and sometimes I don't. And when I don't, then I really mess up. And when I do, then I feel like I'm being controlled. And then sometimes I don't do it on purpose. Have you ever had a boss that is overly controlling, overly nagging, overly telling you what to do? Are you motivated and inspired to do exactly what he's telling or she's telling you to do? Absolutely not. So the same goes when other people in your life feel overly controlled, manipulated, told what to do. Sometimes outwardly we tell them, sometimes we just say it in our heads. And then when they don't do it because they're humans and they're living their own life, not hyper-focused on us and our happiness, but focused on their own side of the street like they should, then all of a sudden we're disappointed, we're hurt because we've given all that luggage and all that baggage and all that am I good enoughness, we've given them that huge question and we've handed it over to them and we've said, please make me feel like I'm good enough, make me feel happy, make me feel ecstatic, make me feel joyful, make me feel like you're grateful for me. I had such a manual for David and the kids. It was so heavy. They probably couldn't even hold it if I gave it to them. I thought that David should not be so finicky when it comes to things being organized around the house. I felt like 
He should be working out with me, pressing play with me on my workouts. He should be drinking more water. Like, that's my business? What? No. He's a grown man. He doesn't need a life coach. He doesn't need a counselor. He doesn't need a a mentor. He is good on his own. I was so up in his business. And then I was saying, well, I just need you to do these certain things. And then I will open myself up for vulnerability. Um, no. You know what David's job is? In your husband's job, if you have a husband or your wife's job, their only job in this world is to be there for you to love them. That's it. Because husbands and wives have their own free will. Your children, I know you think that you're in charge of them and you're in control of them, but they have their own free will. And that's a good thing. We want them to know that they're in charge of them. We want them to focus on their side of the street. And then we focus on our side of the street and shred the playbook. Because I used to pass out the playbook on the field, this imaginary football field. I would blow the whistle and everybody was supposed to do exactly what they were supposed to do. And no one ever did. There was flags on the play. There was penalties. I was always frustrated. I was getting injured because of all the flags and all the penalties. And I used to play soccer at UCF and it was so much fun. But you know what's not fun? Losing every single game. And that's what I felt like at the end of every single day because I was so focused on Lily Grady and David and not focused on my side of the street. And all my controlling energy was all focused on them. I needed Lily to go to Chuck E. Cheese birthday parties and I needed her to walk in and within 4.4 seconds, I needed her to walk around and say hello to everybody and use nice manners and bring the present to the birthday girl. And I needed her not to cry and I needed her to let me talk to my friends and I needed her to not make me look bad. I needed her not to be a leg of code red Klingon. I needed Grady not to run away because we were at Chuck E. Cheese and I could never find them. So it was like, I needed Grady to stay close and I needed Lily to like step off. Like, uh, I'm claustrophobic here. But guess what? They never did that. They did actually the opposite. Grady would run and Lily would cling. I'm like, can I just like meld the two together? And so when you go into a relationship and you take responsibility for your own emotional health, and then they take responsibility for their own emotional health. They feel that lightness and that lack of agendas put on them, and then you let them live their life the way they want to live their life. And guess what? You get to do the same thing. You get to live your life the way that you want to live your life, because I don't know about you. I sure don't like people telling me what to do. I sure don't like to be controlled. I sure don't like to feel claustrophobic of all these rules and regulations in a playbook. That's so confining for my spirit. And there's a hundred right ways to live our lives. Doesn't mean my way is the only way. It's not my way or the highway. It's like my highway is all I'm going to focus on. And then it allows the people in my life to follow their own highway as well. Because you get rid of the manuals, you get rid of the expectations. You say to yourself, I just need them to do blank so I can feel blank. And whatever that blank, second blank is, guess what? You get to feel that feeling and feel that emotion with or without whatever they do. I just want to encourage you and let you know that that feeling is available to you right now. And it has nothing to do with the people within your four walls. It has nothing to do with your mother-in-law or your father-in-law or your mom or your dad or your sister or your greedy, greedy grandpappy. It has nothing to do with any of them. I know you think it does, 
but I promise on a stack of Bibles, if you were to leave your spouse tomorrow and marry someone else, the same issues and things that you want would show up in a different form with a different face. Because what you're trying to do is trying to fill your H-O-L-E-S with something outside of you and living your life from the out to the in, like Kyle Cease talks about. And I am teaching people how to live their life from the in to the out and drop the manuals and drop the playbooks and drop the agendas and just love the people in your life with all their imperfections and all their idiosyncrasies and all their quirks and all their hangups, just like you want to be loved. Isn't it the coolest thing when someone just loves you for you with all your quirks, all your imperfections, all your idiosyncrasies? That is the greatest, most comforting, most connecting feeling ever. And that is available to you from the people that are around you to give them that gift of loving them for all their imperfections, idiosyncrasies, quirks, hangups. That's available to you right now. I was causing my own suffering for so many years. I just needed David to do XYZ, and then I needed Lily to do XYZ, and then I needed Grady to do XYZ, and then everything would be ready for the picture, ready for the camera. It's like run, two, three, click, and it never happened. And I know you're beating your head up against the wall, wanting your spouse to change, wanting your kids to change, wanting your mom to change, wanting to go back and have your dad be different when you grew up. And I'm just letting you know that you don't have to have any of that anymore. Because when you let go of the agenda and you let go of the playbook and you love the people in your life unconditionally, without conditions, without trying to mold, manipulate, change, your life will feel so much lighter. And you love them for them just like you want to be loved for you. And I think sometimes we look at Dance Moms. You ever seen that show with Abby? the coach. And we look at the dance moms and we're like, oh my goodness, look at those dance moms. We can't turn away, but we're, we're watching it. Lily loves that show. And the moms are just all up in the girl's business and do this and do this. And Abby's all up in the girl's business. And we watch like voyeurs like, oh my goodness. And we all have a little bit of Abby and those dance moms in us. It might not be about dancing, but it might be about their grades or their achievements or their behavior or their manners or their sports or their flute or their gratitude, or their happiness. I needed my kids to feel happy all the time so I could feel like I was doing a good job as a mom. And then I realized, Eureka, they don't have to be happy all the time. That was the most freeing sentence in the book Awaken Family by Dr. Shafali. I was like, no wonder I've been having so many problems. I could have had a V8. Life is not supposed to be happy all the time. And when I can be okay with them not being okay, and be okay with me not being okay all the time, life felt so much easier. I wasn't holding down that beach ball anymore. I didn't have a manual for how they should act, behave, think, speak, etc. Because I just let them control their side of the street, and then I get to control my side of the street. And then I was much more enjoyable to be around. Once I took away the playbook, and I just let go and let God and let them just be their own throbbing spirit, And my control freakness put them in the back seat. All of a sudden, Lily started to fly. Grady started to fly. David started to fly on his own 
wings because he didn't have this agenda and this playbook weighing him down. Our children do not have a remote control on them. Our spouses do not have a remote control on them. So I hear people saying to me, I hear, I can hear you right now saying, so we're just supposed to let our kids get away with anything and we're just supposed to let our husbands do whatever they want and our wives do whatever they want. And I'm here to say, of course, you can have consequences for the children. And we talked about that with love and logic. Make sure they're natural. And when it comes to your spouse, you're not the boss of your spouse. You're not the parent of your spouse. You're not the life coach of your spouse. You're not the teacher. They don't need a guide. They don't need a coach. They just need you to love them for them. And that's why you fell in love with them, for them, for their heart, for their spirit. And take away all of that other stuff and all you're left with is vulnerability. So they can just do whatever they want. Ah, yeah, pretty much. And guess what? You can too. They have free will. You have free will. Isn't that the coolest feeling ever? So then you can just love without conditions and love unconditionally and love with vulnerability because vulnerability breeds more vulnerability. Love breeds more love. I used to have the pointy lip syndrome. I was like bitter critter. I'd walk around with my pointy lips. I could just picture myself. Like, I was just always so angry at everybody. I didn't even know. I was just annoyed. I wasn't angry. I was just annoyed. Like, why is he doing this? And why is she doing this? And why is he doing this? And why, why, why? It was so negative because my amygdala just took over and was looking for all the negatives. And then I was finding more negatives. And then it was like after conscious parenting, I became conscious about my thinking. And then I was controlling my thinking. If you're a control freak, the first thing to do is start controlling your thoughts. If you were controlled a lot growing up, and you had to be perfect, you're probably putting a lot of pressure on yourself to be perfect and trying to control all the things. And if you were controlled a lot as a child, you probably think that that's the way to raise children and be a good spouse is to control all the things, but all control underneath control, you know what's under control? F-E-A-R, fear of not being good enough, fear of not being seen, fear of not being heard, fear of not being validated. So it's like, I have all this fear underneath, so I'm just going to overly control all of these things out here to kind of manage the fear. So the more controlling one is, that means there's more fear there. And that's okay. That's the brain's doing its job. It's not because of past traumas. It's not because of your parents. It's not because of your third grade teacher. It's not because you weren't picked to be on the kickball team. It's the brain doing its job. So you have to thank the brain and find the balance in it all. Love without abandon, love without conditions. Love the people within your four walls because you wanna love the people within your four walls. Not because of what they do, not because of what they say, not because of what they don't do. I hear people saying, well, so I'm not supposed to ask my husband to do anything? I'm not supposed to, he could just lay on the couch and just watch football and rub his belly and be like Al Bundy? Um... He's his own, he's his own person. You can make requests, but don't come at it and then expect something in return. And if it doesn't go your way, then you hold back love. You shut off the hose of love because that only hurts you. And you'll be surprised and shocked. And so many of my clients tell me this over and over and over. And I saw it in my own life. Once I shredded that playbook, once I teach my clients how to shred their playbook, All of a sudden, their husbands aren't on the couch rubbing their belly, watching football. 
they're helping, they're engaged, they're lighter themselves. And so, yes, you can make the requests. But if that's all you're doing is requesting, that's a manual, that's an agenda, that's a playbook. And then you're giving your emotional responsibility to another human being and all the other humans will always mess it up, just like you're always going to mess it up when someone gives you a manual and someone gives you an agenda and someone gives you a playbook. So when you know that control is rooted in fear, then you go underneath the control and you examine the fear. And I talk to my brain sometimes in third person, and I always call it love. I'm like, what's the matter, love? It's going to be okay, love. What do you need? What do you need right now? What are you scared about? I talk to my amygdala like that because that's the amygdala doing the amygdala's job. Nothing has gone wrong. This is completely normal. When we were going through infertility, all I wanted was the word normal on one of my test reports, and all of them came back, abnormal cells, abnormal, infertile, egg quality low, fallopian tubes, poor flow, something along those lines, meaning like they're so clogged up that there ain't no way this chick's getting pregnant is pretty much what I read. And so all that fear came out over and over for six years of hearing all those not good enough, not good enough, fallopian tubes, egg quality poor, fallopian tubes, not good enough. F, 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 F. I didn't know that the F was all part of the journey. I felt like such a failure. I felt like such an L-O-S-E-R. Like, just work, woman. Just work, body. Just work, tubes. And all that fear came out when I finally had Lily and Grady And I looked at their little souls and their little hearts and their little bodies as they're sitting in the hospital. And I was just so overcome with fear. And my brain, when it wasn't being managed, because I didn't even know about any of this, all it was saying is, you can't mess this up, Kelly. Look how hard you worked. Look what David has done to make this happen. Look at all that's happened. You can't mess this up. You're a failure. You're not good enough. Your tubes were clogged. Your egg quality was poor. All those surgeries, all those shots, you better not mess this up, girl. That was what was whispering behind in my head, and I didn't even know it because I wasn't even thinking about my thinking. So I got crazy controlling about all the things, about the house, about my milk supply, about her behavior. And then Grady came along, and then she was jealous. And then I was like, OMG, all those tests were right. My worst nightmare of being a failure was coming true every single stinking honking day. I'd rest my head on the pillow going, you failed again. Those tests were right. You're not like you're not enough like your mom. Remember all those behavior problems you were working with in the schools? Your kids are going to be just like that. You better be better tomorrow. And all of that self-loathing and all of that fear And all of that controlling underneath all of it was everything I just said. You're failing. Those tests were right. All of it. And then I became more controlling. If I could just control Lily, she was my focus. If I could just control Lily, then everything would be so much better. Because what would happen is Lily would get upset about something. Then I would get upset that Lily was getting upset. And then David would get upset at Lily because she was making me upset because he's very protective of me, which is so adorable. I can't even handle it. He's very protective. 
And so then Grady, who's like four, fourth man out, like fourth wheel, he would just cry because he was absorbing all that negative, stressful eggshell energy. And then he would start crying. And I just remember crying. This is not how it was supposed to be. My agenda, my playbook, it doesn't say anything about this, all four of us crying at once. Where is that in my manual? Where is that in my playbook? Where is that? And then Dr. Shafali taught me the most important two words I have ever been taught in my entire life. It changed the trajectory of our entire life. And she said, accept the as is, as is, as is, was the words that got me through all of it. Because as I w- each experience would happen, I would just mutter to myself, as is, as is, let go of control, let go of fear. It's going to be okay. What do you need? What do you need, love? It's going to be okay. You are good enough. You're more than good enough. You're a child of God. You're a miracle. You're a one in 400 trillion chance of being on this planet. You got this as is. What is this moment teaching you? How is this happening for you? How is she having a hard time versus giving you a hard time? As is, as is. What's the trigger all about? What's the fear? What's the sadness? Why is all this control here? Go underneath, go deeper, go deeper, as is, as is, as is. And for the last seven years, I've been loving the as is every single day. And I found this online, signs that you're a control freak. And this is me to a T back then. And still my controlling ways rear their ugly head because I always am I have the manual almost in my back pocket. I'll have the playbook in my, you know, like the coaches, they roll it up and they put it like under their, behind their belt and they just have it in their back. I throw it away. I shred it and I'll see the playbook still coming back to bite me. I'm like, no, get away playbook as is, as is, as is. I'm like fighting with the playbook. The playbook just keeps coming back. Signs your control freak. This is from Sharon Martin Counseling. Spend excessive time cleaning, organizing, dressing, planning, etc. Yeah, Excel is my best friend. Rather do it yourself, which leads to overcommitment and overworked. Been there, done that. Micromanage. Ooh, I was a micromanager. I still catch myself sometimes micromanaging. I'm like, stop it. You're not the boss of them. God is the boss of them. You are in charge of you. It's kind of like when I was teaching and I was first grade and they're all sitting on their bottom on the rug. And they would raise their hand and I'd say, yes, what do you need, Penelope? And Penelope would say, Benny's not on his bottom. He's on his knees because everyone had to sit on their bottom on my rug. I mean, I was like a bottom raise your hand kind of teacher, like sit on your bottom and raise your hand. Calling out, no bueno. So Penelope would raise her hand and say, who did I say? Sammy? Sammy's not sitting on his bottom. And I'd say, Penelope, are you on your bottom? She'd say, yes, I am, with her twinkle in her eyes. That's all that matters is that Penelope's on her bottom. Sammy will take care of Sammy. Penelope can take care of Penelope. And it's the same thing in our life. Just make sure that you're sitting on your bottom. Don't worry about the other kids in the class. You're essentially tattling on them when you're talking to yourself. Well, I think my husband should do more of this and less of this. That's tattling on your spouse in your head. I think my wife should do more of this and less of this. That's tattling on your spouse in your head. I think my child should do more of this and less of this. That's tattling on your child in your head, sometimes to their face. The next one is kitchen must be clean before you go to bed. Mm, That doesn't really bother me. Bothers someone else in the house, but not me. I'm not saying any names. It might rhyme with Schmavid. I'm just saying. 
Clutter and messes cause you to stress. Yes, I didn't used to, but now it does. Thrive on plans and predictability. Don't like when they change. Mm, that was the old me. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty fluid now. Listen to me just complimenting myself. Look at me. I'm just like patting myself on the on the shoulders right now, like right in front of everybody. Like, hey, yeah, that's I'm good at that. Not good at that. Uh, the next one, critical of self and others. Oh my goodness. I was so hard on myself. And so I was so hard on the people that I love. The harder you are on yourself, the harder you're going to be on the people that you love. The more grace and kindness and love that you give to yourself, the more it will just flow out of you to the people around you. Because if you are filled with self-judgment and self-criticalness, is that a word, criticalness? Then when someone hugs you, you're going to have a lot of loathing and criticalness coming out. And people don't like to be criticized. Do you like to be criticized? I feel like I'm the guy, Steve, from Blue's Clues. Are you sitting on your bottom? Do you know the answer to two plus two? Think about it. Think about when someone criticizes you, how how your panties get all in a wad. You're all jammed up. You're like, why, 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 why? Why would they say that? Why would they say that? We just have to make sure that we're not spewing that out. So when we're filled with self-love, then we're going to emit self-love. When we're filled with critical, self-loathing, hard on ourselves, that is what we're going to emit, E-M-I-T. The next one is never satisfied. Next one is can't relax. Always one more thing to do. Go, go, go. And the last one, your way is the only right way. So we all have a little bit of this in us. That's okay. We just want to make sure that we're putting it upon ourselves and we have a playbook for ourselves and that the playbook is filled with lots of self-love, kindness, grace, imperfections, idiosyncrasies, hangups, quirks, downtime. It's okay to have downtime. It's okay to not be perfect. That's part of the human experience. Because when you have that in your playbook, then you're going to project that onto other people around you. It's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to have idiosyncrasies. It's okay to have hangups. It's okay to have quirks. You have to make it okay with yourself first. Then you make it okay with the people around you because there is no more playbook. You're missing out on so much love that you could be emitting because of your playbook, because of your manual, because of your agenda. And I only know because I had so many. I hold a whole library of them. I had a bookshelf filled with playbooks. But no one ever follows them. And they're not supposed to. Because it is not other people's responsibility to make you happy. Those feelings and emotions are available to you right now without them having to do anything to earn it. Because it is a gift that you give to yourself. It is not a gift that you get from someone else. We have to remember not to go to other people like I did with PJ Verga, begging like beggars on the street. Give me some pennies, putting out the hat. Fill me up, fill my H-O-L-E-S. Happiness is an inside job. It's not other people's jobs. They don't want that responsibility. They don't want that pressure. They feel confined. They feel claustrophobic. Give it to yourself and then give it to other people around you freely and it will come back to you a hundred times over like a tidal wave. But don't do it because you expect anything in return. Love without expecting anything in return and the tidal wave you will get in return is astronomical. Put away the remote control. Put away the manual. Put away the agenda. Stop causing your own suffering. I only know because I was causing my own suffering. 
And then I stopped and I was like, oh, I could have had a V8. All that suffering for nothing. And so I'll spend my life helping people shred their playbooks for other people. So I love you guys. Put your playbooks away. Put your agendas away. Put your manuals away. And your life will feel so much lighter. And so will the people around you. Their lives will feel so much lighter. And their lives will feel so much easier. And they will fly. Because that's what they're supposed to do on this planet is fly. Not be run by a manual or a playbook or an agenda. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.